Blog Talk Radio. When starting a business, you become the competition, and those others that are also in your space also become your competitors. That is the essence of market share, and the more market share you carve out for your business, the more you are expanding your territory. Let's talk expansion. (coughs) Sorry, guys, I'm a bit sick today, but try to make this happen. You have tuned in to Debt-Free Wealth Radio with Trudy Behrman. Thank you for taking me along with you as you're listening in on the mobile. (coughs) Sorry. As you're listening in on your mobile phone on the web or through our syndicated outlets, welcome. I invite you to come on board as we explore all things money to move Christians to profitable stewardship via debt-free wealth by embracing the Bible as a practical, relevant guide to success. Today's topic is Prayer of Jabez, Expanding Territory, Let's Talk Market Share, Bible Style. Many Christians are familiar with the Prayer of Jabez found in 1 Chronicles 4, where he says, He was the one who prayed to the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and expand my territory. Please be with me in all that I do and keep me from all trouble and pain. And God granted him his request. <coughs> wow. My focus today is on expanding territory or your market share. <coughs> I may have to cancel this show, guys. I'm so sorry. I'm not feeling well. Anyway, my focus is not going to be on the prayer of Jabez. I'm actually going to use the combined stories found in Mark 4, verses 35 to 41 and Mark 5, verses 1 through 20, to make my point about expanding territory. In a business startup, you show up brand new on the scene, ready to carve out some business for yourself within the existing market. And unless you're in a totally unique space in what you do, chances are there is already an existing supply for the very same thing you do, and you show up ready to claim your piece of the market pie. In other words, You become the competition, and the others out there are also your competitors. This is the essence of market share, and the more market share that you carve out for your business, the more you are expanding your territory. Now, whether whether your competitors give you a fight, such as get into a price war with you, or target you in some way, the process of expanding your business should be as strategic as planning for war. It truly will take a strategic plan, a target, execution of that plan to obtain a result. And we're going to take a quick success tip from Jesus this morning. And here is that quick tip. Leaders make more leaders, not just followers. Let me repeat that. Leaders make more leaders, not just followers. Now, in the interest of time, I will not read the excerpts from Mark 4, 35 to 41, or Mark 5, verses 1 through 20. I'm inviting you to read those for yourself. However, 
In summary, from Mark 4, verses 35 to 41, Jesus tells his disciples to go to the other side, and then he promptly falls asleep in the boat. A bad storm ensues, and the disciples wake him up and ask him in verse 38, Teacher, don't you care if we die? Jesus, of course, says, Peace be still, and the winds and waves calm down. The disciples are amazed. Jump over to Mark 5, verse 1, and it says, and then they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gadarenes. Now, I, you know, I must admit that I listened to Bishop T.D. Jakes preach on these two sections, Mark 4, 35 to 41, and Mark 5, 1 through 20. And while he took one angle on that, while he was preaching some some things started firing off in my head. My own set of seeds were planted. And, um, you know, a bunch of things came to me. I'm not going to rehash his his message. For one thing, the prayer of Jabez seemed to just connect with it, even though he never mentioned the prayer of Jabez. But the whole con- idea of territory, expanding territory, pain, and all of that just came together in that. So let me jump over and talk about Mark 5, verse 1 through 20, just to put everything in context. And again, read this story for yourself. So in, in summary, Mark 5, 1 through 20, Jesus is greeted on the shore of the Gardens by a demon-possessed man. This man identifies the demon in him as legion and, begin, and begs that if Jesus is going to expel him, that he should, instead of sending him away, allow him to go into the herd of pigs. So the legion leaves the man, enters the herd of pigs. The pigs run off the cliff to their death. The pig herders go into the city, tell everyone they come out, not to hear a message from the Messiah, but to ask Jesus to leave the territory. Now, Jesus does leave, and the formerly possessed man, now in his right mind, begs Jesus to allow him to go with him. And Jesus tells this this formerly possessed man, now saying in verses 19 and 20, Jesus says, However, Jesus did not permit him, but said to him, Go home to your friends. And tell them what great things the Lord has done for you, and how he has had compassion on you. And he departed and began to proclaim in Decapolis all that Jesus had done for him, and all marveled. Now, this could easily be a long long and detailed message, because there's really just so much in here. But I'm really going to try and stay on topic and deliver to you a focused conversation on expanding your territory or, or in other words, your market share Bible style. So again, I, you know, if you hadn't already figured it out, let me remind you, it requires a strategic plan, a target, execution of the plan to obtain the desired result. Now, any good plan starts with the end in mind. So in a weird way, despite the order that I just read, strategic plan, target, execution, and desired result. I'm actually going to start with the result. (coughs) Like your GPS, you know the address that you want to arrive at. You plug that in and you get directions, drive time, and even detour options. In other words, you start with the end in mind and deconstruct that to outline your strategic approach. So the end result that I propose that Jesus was going for here is salvation of the Gentiles. You see, the Gerardines was in Decapolis. And Jesus tells his disciples they're going to the other side. The other side was the other side of the sea, the country of the Gerardines. 
the Decapolis. And according to Wikipedia, the Decapolis, or it's Greek for ten, or ten cities, it was a group of ten cities on the eastern frontier of the Roman Empire in Jordan, Palestine, and Syria. And at that time, Zeus was, Zeus was the chief Greek god. So I'm proposing to you that when Jesus told his disciples that they were going to the other side, to the Gerardines, that his target, in fact, was the salvation of the Gentiles. Now, Mark 5, verse 1 to 20, where Jesus gets there and he's met by this man, the man, I believe, I propose that Jesus had a divine appointment with this man from the tombs. Now, the man leaves the tombs to come to the shore to meet him. The man, I want you to stress that, the man leaves the tombs where he has been hanging out for how long? The man leaves the tombs to meet Jesus. He's the only one that met Jesus on the shore. Okay, remember the rest of the, the city did not even want Jesus there. The man leaves the tomb, meets Jesus on the shore. Now, guys, remember, this was not Jewish territory. So Jesus had this strategic plan to expand his territory into Gentile territory. He told his disciples that's where he was heading, and then he promptly went to sleep. So I hope that I've truly established for you not only the desired result, but also the, the strategic plan and the target. So there was another story about a demon-possessed Gentile. This mother approached Jesus to heal her child. That was in Matthew 25, verse 24. And Jesus said to the woman, I was sent only to help God's lost sheep, the people of Israel. Again, in Acts 13, 46, then Paul and Barnabas spoke out boldly and declared, it was necessary that we first preach the word of God to you Jews, but since you have rejected it and, it and judge yourself unworthy of eternal life, we will offer it to the Gentiles. So the target is the salvation of the Gentiles. Jesus came first to the Jews, but he didn't come only for the Jews. He also came for the Gentiles. So that was his plan. That was his uh, desired end result, salvation of the Gentiles. But we're going to talk about the execution of the plan. He had a strategy. He, was, he had a strategy, and then he executed that strategy. <coughs> you see, the strategy was to go to the other side. And his strategy also included creating new leaders. So we're going to build that out right now. So Jesus had a very specific mission. During his three years of active ministry on the earth, Jesus truly focused on the Jews. He did have interactions with the with the Gentiles, like the um, Samaritan woman and the Roman officer. He did interact with them, but his focus was the Jews. But he equipped his disciples, and again, this man from the Gerardines, as we'll see later, to bring the full exposure of the Messiah to the Gentiles. Jesus was only here for three years, guys, and he had a focused mission. His mission was to build leaders. He built these leaders. He built his disciples, he equipped them, and this man that he had just saved from uh, who you know got the lesion of, of demons out of him, begged him to go with him, and he said, no, he said, you are to stay. And that man went out and preached to the very community that didn't want him there, and they were all amazed. Jesus had a plan. He had a strategy for that plan. He's executing that plan. He tells his disciples, we're going to the other side. He goes to the other side, and he makes a brand new leader out of this man. 
Okay, there was more done to expand the kingdom after Jesus left than during his actual time on earth. His time on earth, he spent focusing on building leaders. This was Jesus' serious strategic plan to expand his territory. Whenever you plan to take over new territory, that is never easy. It is often a stormy endeavor filled with risk. Okay, because if you go back to the story in Mark 4, they these... um. These disciples they were told to go to the other side. And remember, they experienced this massive storm. These are experienced fishermen who must have seen storms before. They could never have been new to storms. And yet, this was such a storm that they said, Jesus, don't you care? We're going to die. I propose to you that this storm, because the plan was, Jesus said, we're going to the other side. Before they get there, they're in this storm. A storm big enough or serious enough that the experienced fishermen thought they were going to die. I propose to you that the devil knew that Jesus was coming. He knew this divine appointment was happening and he tried to derail, if possible, this appointment. A lot of times, some of the storms that we are experiencing in our lives are deliberately put there to, if possible, derail us or delay us from our divine appointment, that mission that God has in store for us, that big mission. Because after that man was relieved of the of the lesion and in his sound mind, he was the one that went out into that Decapolis and preached the message of God. He couldn't do that before the divine appointment. And before the divine appointment, the devil set out to ensure as much as possible that Jesus didn't make it. If those disciples had not woke Jesus up, there's a good chance they may not have made it. Joe, Jesus did say, where's your faith? Because he does equip us. He always equips us to handle whatever he's called us to do. But the point is, guys, this was a massive storm, and I truly propose to you that storm was there to delay or to derail, if possible, this divine appointment. The other thing is that the, the, the experience itself, this man that Jesus was going to encounter was a serious man. <coughs> it is recorded of his incredible strength. They had tried to pin him down many times with even chains. This man could not be contained. And it wasn't the man himself. It was the lesion. And let's talk about lesion. Lesion was not one demon. It was a massive strategic group. Because guess what? Jesus himself was coming to meet this man. The devil was not going to meet Jesus without a lesion. He was adequately prepared as best as he could be to meet God. Because when the devil has, he knows exactly what our weaknesses are. And he sets up it took as much as possible. We don't come fully armed. That's why the Bible tells us about putting on the full armor. Guys, if we don't go prepared for war, trust me, the devil is prepared for the war. The devil is prepared to take you down and he will use a lesion if he must. Okay? So the devil had a lesion and a lesion is not one demon, it's a several. And they are a force because Jesus even talked about how, you know, a strong man can't, you know, that if the if the devil's house is divided, then he will be um taking his own house down. So this house, the devil has his house in order and the devil has his lesion ready to meet you, to create storms and to take you down if possible because that's what he was doing to this man all this time because remember that man was in massive sabotage before Jesus showed up. Okay, and it's after Jesus had he had this divine appointment with Jesus that he was now in his sound mind and able, able to take on his mission. But before that, he was no he was of no use. He was self-sabotage. He was a total mess. But after that divine appointment, here is this man going off into the Decapolis proclaiming the word of God. So 
guys, I just want to just reinforce to you that that town that did not want him there now had a man on a mission because that man was just grateful for what the Lord had done to him. And he went on into his town and they were amazed. Okay, because it says here in uh, Mark uh, 5, in 19 through 20, however, Jesus did not permit him to go. He says, go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he has had compassion on you. And here's what he did. And he departed and began to proclaim in the capitalist all that Jesus had done for him and all marveled. What is it that you're grateful for that the Lord has done for you? Are you sharing that message? Are you out there proclaiming to your town what God has done for you? This is what I'm doing right now. God has been incredibly merciful to me. He has done so much for me, and I have no choice but to share it with you guys. Even on a day when I'm coughing and I'm not feeling well, this message has to be shared. Okay, the message of death-free wealth, the message of profitable stewardship <coughs> must be shared. I cannot keep that to myself. What the Lord has done for me is not enough for me to keep it to myself. The Lord has he gave us the great commission. We are to go and proclaim what God has done for us. And those who hear, many of them will marvel. So that's it for, for today, guys. We need to have a strategic plan, a target, execute that plan to obtain a desired result. If, if you intend to expand your business, that is the way to do it. That is the way to do it. That is how you expand your territory. And in the process of doing that, build more leaders. Because with that, with those um, disciples that Jesus left behind, with this man from the Gerardines now in his right mind, Jesus could depart earth. And today, there are, there are the, 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 the business of Christianity has not died down despite all the torture despite all the, the all, everything that they've come against us with this message has just gone on for generations and generations and generations and it's expanding and expanding and expanding and expanding okay because jesus while he was here built more leaders that's what we're going to do you can multiply yourself you can multiply your effectiveness you can expand your territory if you can clone yourself that's basically what franchises are they take a good idea and they put it somewhere else if you can expand yourself if you can duplicate yourself you can expand your market share that's all this basically is build more leaders build more leaders on a mission and you will expand your market share all right guys that's it for today Trudy Behrman here saying uh, the easiest way, reminding you to, the easiest way to connect with me is to download my app to your smartphone. Simply go to your Play Store, type my name in, and it's free, and you don't have to type in any more websites to find me or to connect with me. Join me next week on Debt Free Wealth Radio, guys, and thank you so much for tuning in to the, today's show. Let's pick up the momentum and press on for the prize of the high calling of God in Jesus Christ. Trudy Berman here saying I love you all, and I will see you next week. <laughs>